Hello and welcome to Bite-Sized History, the show where I try to make history fun, fast, and interesting. I'm Nick, your host. Today, we're going to be talking about one of the great cities of the ancient world and a persistent and bitter rival of Rome uh, in the period before Rome became an empire, so during the time of the Roman Republic. And that is the city of Carthage in North Africa, which was a powerful, wealthy, prosperous city with a distinct culture, a distinct history, and um, definitely a lot of conflict between this city and the emerging power of Rome uh, in the ancient Mediterranean. So let's get started with a a, a brief overview, kind of, um, I wanted to take you just to take a brief, quick look at Carthage, why it was special and uh, why it was important. To begin, a long time ago, uh, this would be centuries and centuries before the birth of Christ, in an area of land that is now modern Lebanon, there was a civilization called the Phoenicians, uh, the Phoenician people, and they had three or four uh, powerful cities on the coast of the Mediterranean. And this, the Phoenicians were known uh, definitely to their neighbors, uh, especially the Greeks, which is actually where they get their name. Around the time of 814 BCE, so 814 before the Common Era, uh, 814 years before the birth of Christ, there was an expedition fleet that was uh, set out from the city of Tyre. And these Phoenicians founded the city of Carthage, which in their language was called Carthadasht, and in Latin was Carthago or Carthago. Apparently, in the Phoenician language, it means new town. And this was their attempt to colonize North Africa. Now, that date, 814, is not exactly precise because I've read a few things where um, historians have done archaeological studies and stuff like that, and they've had trouble finding things from that exact time. So, so they're not quite sure if that's really when it was founded. It's possible that it was actually founded up to like 100 years later, and the Carthaginians themselves either didn't remember or added on, you know, an, an extra hundred years to their founding for extra credit to make themselves seem older. Like we, we don't really know. The city of Carthage was founded on a physical location of great value. Uh, you see, it was close to their maritime colonies. It was uh, very accessible to the trade routes of the time. One of the reasons why we have all these great ancient civilizations around the Mediterranean is because it was a warm, hospitable climate. The Mediterranean was not afflicted by the great storms uh, of, say, the Atlantic Ocean. It was relatively peaceful waters. The site of the city of Carthage was in the center of the shore of the Gulf of Tunis, and it was built on a triangular peninsula, like I'm getting this from Encyclopedia Britannica, uh, and it was covered with low hills and backed by the Lake of Tunis, and it was a very safe harbor, isolated, uh, protected from storms, insulated from, you know, uh, tempestuous waters and stuff like that. It, it backed up on the Lake of Tunis. There was a lot of fish that was available, 
And the city of Tunis, if you look at a map, uh, I'm sorry, not the city of Tunis, the city of Carthage. Um, the reason why I said that is because in modern days, the time we live in now, the ruins of Carthage are actually very close, if not underneath the modern city of Tunis. So, uh, which I should say is uh, in Tunisia, which is in the center of North Africa. This uh, ancient city of Carthage was really had a very close proximity to a strait in the Mediterranean called the Strait of Sicily. So it enabled them to position their ships so that they could kind of regulate and control trade passing through this um, vital waterway. There was an ancient citadel there that was built and it was called the Bursa and it was on a low hill overlooking the sea. So why was Carthage special? Uh, why were they, and why were they so prosperous and so wealthy? One of the reasons was that the ancient Phoenicians had figured out how to make a very special kind of purple dye uh, made from the shell of something called the murex. And this was a technique that was taken from Phoenicia to Carthage. In ancient times, purple was, because it was so rare and so hard to make uh, as a color for clothing, it was considered very regal and uh, reserved for people of high standing. That's why purple was the traditional color of the Roman emperors in later times. The Punic culture, so Punic is the word that is given to the culture of Carthage. Um, and the reason why, well, you might ask like, well, why wasn't it just Phoenician? The Phoenicians in Lebanon, um, over the centuries of their descendants living in Carthage, they developed their own culture and their own dialect of the Phoenician language, and that came to be known as Punic. So anytime, you know, in ancient history when you're reading and you see Punic, you know now that it's like, yes, these were the basically North African descendants of Phoenician settlers from the Middle East, from uh, Lebanon. They had, uh, like I said, their own uh, dialect, their own literature. In Roman times, a lot of their kind of luxurious uh, house furnishings were sought after by Roman nobles. Things like cushions and mattresses and beds and stuff like that. Um, a lot of their techniques of making furniture were copied by the Romans. The people of Carthage used their city and the physical location of their city as a springboard to further establish colonies further west in the Mediterranean. And uh, some of the most uh, successful of these were in southern Spain, where they managed to set up silver mines. And, you know, this is kind of a standard thing of the ancient world going, you know, almost into modern times is that coinage was made uh, from precious metals. And, and if you secured the source of it, you could grow uh, immensely wealthy. So because of their success, because of their control of the trade routes, uh, their exports of dyes and furniture and silver and stuff like that, they became a rival of a rising power that was emerging north of them on the Italian peninsula. And that is the city of Rome, which eventually became a republic and, uh, well, the rest is history. There were three wars, three critical wars that stand out in this period called the Punic Wars, where Rome fought with Carthage for control of the Mediterranean. 
And if Rome, well, spoiler alert, I mean, Rome eventually won these wars and leveled Carthage and eliminated this rival to their south that allowed them to further exploit and expand from the Italian peninsula. And that's kind of one of the um, the great questions of counterfactual history. Uh, that is to say, like alternative history, where you kind of speculate what could have been uh, is what it, what would have happened if Rome had actually lost these Punic Wars. Uh, they're very interesting, um, especially the story of Hannibal. If you get a chance to read about the Punic Wars, just take a look at Hannibal. This guy like left North Africa, invaded Europe, crossed the Alps with elephants, and pretty much stomped around Italy uh, until he was eventually stopped. Like he won a, a lot of uh, victories against Roman forces and really terrorized the Roman people. Like they were terrified of this guy until he was finally stopped. And a lot of historians believe the reason be behind that is because his supply lines were just too fragile and too long and threatened by Roman forces altogether too much. I mean, it was so intense uh, that by the time of the Third Punic War, there was this senator uh, in the Roman Senate called Carthago, um, Cato the Elder, I'm sorry, Cato the Elder. And he gave up, a, he stood up and gave a speech, uh, Carthago de Lenda Est. So Carthage must be destroyed. And that was pretty much the summary of <laughs> his objectives for foreign policy. And that pretty much captures the, the feeling of the time. It would be the equivalent of today, you know, President Biden of the U.S. standing up in Congress and just saying Russia must be destroyed. Like it was it was a big deal. And they were successful so that by 146 BCE, so the city was founded in 814 BCE, uh, supposedly, I mean, but, you know, that's the best guess we have. Carthage finally fell in 146 BCE, and the Romans, like I said, they they just leveled the city and uh, pretty much erased as much as they could of the Punic culture because they were just frustrated and bitter and just angry about all of these Punic wars, and they wanted to ensure that Carthage would never rise again to challenge them. I mean, that being said... Um, in later years, when the Romans finally made their way to North Africa uh, and started, you know, colonizing, occupying, turning North Africa into a series of Roman provinces, um, they did kind of rebuild the city, um, and it did survive. It was a uh, center of early Christianity. Um, later on, kind of in the fifth century, there were a bunch of I guess they're called barbarian tribes from Europe called uh, the Vandals that made their way down there. And that's actually where we get the modern word vandalize or vandalism, you know, to destroy something or to desecrate something. It comes from these guys. So it gives you an impression of what kind of people they were. Um, they went down there and uh, they, they fought a bunch of wars with the Byzantines. And the Byzantines were kind of the continuation of the Roman Empire in the East. But uh, I, I mean... That's kind of where the story of Carthage in all of its different forms um, starts to come to an end. Um, you know, eventually the Arabs in the 7th century, they exploded out of the Arabian Peninsula and started establishing uh, Muslim kingdoms everywhere. So the city 
of Carthage or what was left of it was captured by the Arabs in 705 and they built a new city right next to it called Tunis and and kind of over the years you know one declined and the other expanded so that's pretty much Carthage in a nutshell and um, now I think I'm just going to talk about kind of a little bit of why it's important. One of the things I find interesting about the rise of the Roman Republic in ancient times in the Mediterranean is that uh, for a lot of people, like even historians, there's almost this sense of inevitability that, you know, looking back, it's like, well, of course, uh, Rome was going to grow up to be the, you know, the big kid on the block. Um, but the story of Carthage teaches us that this was not necessarily set in stone, you know, like when Rome started as a collection of huts, uh, you know, in central Italy, there were other powerful people in the Mediterranean. So the Greeks to the east, the Phoenicians to the east, the Phoenicians set up a colony in North, in North Africa and stuff like that. So once Rome started to uh, get big, get important, get wealthy, get an army, there were two rivals, uh, you know, for domination of the Mediterranean region. And that was Carthage to the south and the Greek city-states to the east. And I mean, if you know anything about ancient history during this time period, you know that, yeah, of course, Greece was a big deal. So there were two series of wars that Rome eventually ended up winning, uh, the Punic Wars with Carthage and the Macedonian Wars with the Greek city-states. And I mentioned this earlier, but, you know, one of the fun things about, about history is to speculate, you know, what could have been. And uh, I often think about, you know, what would have happened to Rome if they had lost these wars against Carthage or lost these wars against the Greek city-states. The Roman Republic eventually became the Roman Empire and pretty much dominated the region and set the foundation for modern Europe. And in fact, they're one of the pillars of Western civilization is this cultural legacy we have from the Roman Empire. And to think that, you know, all of it might not have been if um, if certain things had turned out differently. So, but I didn't want to talk about Carthage just in its relationship to Rome, because I think that kind of shortchanges how special it really was. I mean, it really was one of the glorious cities of the ancient world. You know, it was one of these points of light in the Mediterranean. They were, like I said before, wealthy, prosperous. They had a distinct culture. And even today, there's a whole field of archaeology that focuses on unearthing the ruins of Carthage. And in many ways, um, they they had they would build things that were like you know similar to the Romans but different in their own way. So yeah, of course they had their own home furnishings, their own mosaics. They built their own aqueducts. They had their own city planning. And so it's very interesting to to kind of see it as like a mirror image, but also a counterpoint to the ancient cities of uh, Greece and Rome and kind of how these how these people operated. Um, they had their their own religion too, which is uh, very interesting because it was almost like imported from Phoenicia, but it was different in many ways uh, from the the pantheon of gods that you know were held sacred in ancient Greece and were adopted and copied by the Romans. But, you know, I'm not going to go too deeply into that stuff. That's out of the scope of this particular episode. But definitely, I just wanted to uh, give the listener kind of 
a brief overview of Carthage, which if you're interested in ancient Rome or ancient Greece or the history of the ancient Mediterranean, I'm sure you've run across this word, Carthage or Carthaginian or Punic. And uh, who knows, maybe you've wondered like, oh, like who were those people? And uh, I really hope this, this episode kind of cleared things up for you. Uh, I tried to keep it as organized as possible, but uh, yeah, definitely. I hope you had fun. Well, that's going to do it for us here today. This has been Bite Sized History, the show where I try to make history fun, fast, and interesting. I was Nick, your host. Listener mail can be sent to Bite Sized History Podcast at gmail.com. And once again, thank you so, so much for listening. Goodbye.